Today's episode of From the Rose Garden is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to therosegarden.robinhood.com. That's therosegarden.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. I'm Damian Lillard, and you're listening to From the Rose Garden on the Athletic Podcast Network. Rip City! Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Hello and welcome to another episode of From the Rose Garden, your Portland Trailblazers podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined as always by my partner in crime on this show, Mr. Jason Quick. Jason, this is uh this is the third time we've tried to start the show. You yes, think we're gonna David. get it this time? Yes, let's do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna pretend like we haven't been doing this for 25 <laughs> minutes. So uh okay, so big week for the Blazers. Uh we had a trade. Kent Basemore and Anthony Tolliver and a couple second round picks go to Sacramento for Trevor Ariza, Winyan Gabriel, and Caleb Swanigan. This time I actually remembered the trade. Kind of a, a, a tax-cutting move, but Trevor Ariza in his debut looked pretty good. Yeah, I think last night against Dallas, uh, that was one of the encouraging things out of that game. I mean, he had 21 points, seven rebounds, hit four or six from three, and played pretty good defense. And you're right. I mean, one of the main uh, motivations for doing the deal was to save some money for Portland. But at the same time, they got better. I mean, Kent Bazemore was a dumpster fire. I mean, he, he was having a terrible year for them. Part of that's because he was having to play out of position, play small forward. He's a 6'4", small forward, and that's a, that's a tough ask in the NBA. And then, uh, you know, he just wasn't shooting well, wasn't making good decisions. And Ariza is four inches taller. He's a better defender, and he showed last night uh, with the four three-pointers that, you know, he can be a re- can be a reliable shooter. So in addition, it gave the Blazers some bodies. They sent out two, got three in. You know, this has been a team that's been so ravaged by injuries that it's been tough for them to practice. Uh, they haven't been able to to get five on fives because they, they rest Damian Lillard a lot in practices. They rest CJ McCollum. And so this gives them some bodies with Swanigan and uh, Wenyan Gabriel that they can go through full practices now. And then also last night, Swanigan uh, played some minutes, and he didn't look too bad. 
you know, he played 23 minutes. I really liked his decision making. He made some really nice heady passes. Again, I don't think that he's going to be a guy that pushes them over the top or who will be uh, even in the rotation at the end of the year. But right now, they need his body. And I thought he was okay last night. So as a whole, I don't think this really signals one thing or the other. You know, if this team is punting or if they're making a push for the playoffs, if anything, it leans toward the latter that they're they're making a they're trying to stay relevant and trying to stay competitive because they did get better with Ariza over Bazemore. Which is crazy to say because Ariza has been bad, but I, yes. like how much of that is just being, you know, in an awful situation versus uh you know being a bad player it's hard to tell because uh, clearly Porter yeah. was a better a better situation and baseball has yeah, been I, awful i think there's something to be said for joining a, a veteran team that is used to winning compared to a team sacramento with a bunch of young guys still trying to kind of make their name and get their stats earn their contracts and who haven't really experienced winning so, you know, when you join Lillard, Carmelo Anthony, eventually CJ McCollum, when he gets back from his uh, sprained ankle, you know, that, that it's a different mindset. It's a different vibe. And I think Ariza is a proven winner. He's won a title. He's been on some winning teams in Houston, Washington. So he knows what it takes and, and what uh, goes into winning. So I think he, he could sense that coming to Portland that, okay, this is a different situation. I think he looked really comfortable last night. Yeah. Um, in, that, in that game, Dame put up 47. And that's yeah. on the heels of that insane 61-point game the other night. I want to go back to that because, you know, it's been a week since we've talked. But that 61-point night, <laughs> this is the second 60-point game of the season. This one, at least they won, right? Like, that's, you know, yeah. it, it, I know that – Dame is not big on the stats unless they were winning. Just uh, what was what was that game like? How, like how were they feeling about about Dame's performance? And, and then you know, obviously coming into this game, it, it's hard for <laughs> it's hard for us in Portland who have watched him since uh, he's been a rookie to come up with new ways to describe what he does and what he means to this franchise. But you know, I think particularly in these last two games, people have gained even another layer of respect for him because this season has been brutal. Just the, the way the team has played defense, how many injuries they've had to uh, kind of absorb. And, you know, this was a season where everyone was jacked. It was incredible anticipation for this year coming off the Western Conference Finals. And it's been just dreadful. But Dane has not let it break him. And the level of will and effort that he has shown these last two games is really admirable. I mean, it jumps out at you. And it's really kind of inspiring. And I I think everyone realizes that. And and it's interesting, Dave. I, I just finished writing an article. It was a Blazer mailbag. And a couple of the the subscribers asked you know do the blazers need to make a move at this trade deadline to kind of keep dame from wavering in his commitment to portland you know there's there's always this undercurrent in portland that 
Dame's going to leave us. That Dame's going to say they can't build a winner and I'm going somewhere else. So I pulled him aside last night and I asked him, you know, does this team need to make a move to keep you happy? And he's like, that has nothing to do with my commitment. Look, I don't think, obviously, we're not going to be in a championship window this year. And so I don't think we need to sacrifice our future to make some kind of crazy run or desperate run at the playoffs this year. And he said, I can weather the storm. I, I can go through this. And it wasn't him saying that I'm done with this season because he, he went on to say, look, I, I still think we can make the playoffs with this team as is. And that's consistent with how he's always been in his career. If he's on a team, he feels like he can lead it to the playoffs. So he, he's not punting on the year, but he also realizes, look, we're not going to win the championship this year, but we have a promising future once Nurkic gets back, once Collins comes back, once Rodney Hood comes back. He kind of doubled down on his commitment to Portland, you know, and I think I don't know how many more times he needs to reiterate to people that, no, I'm I'm here and I want to win here. And it's going to mean a lot to me to drive this team to our championship. But he did it once again, and he did it in this fashion that is so convincing and, and so uh, admirable, I think. This guy is, as he says, loyal to the soil. He he has an incredible feeling of, hey, I, I don't bail on people, you know. Right. I bail on situations, and and he's not bailing on this situation, even though it's about as bad as the season can go um, from Portland's standpoint. And it, it was interesting um, before the game, as he often does throughout the year he, he sat down on the bench with Neil Olshay who's of course the, the Blazers top executive and and they were talking and Olshay was breaking out his phone showing him things on the phone and uh, I kind of asked him about that relationship and he said look Neil and I have a great relationship but when it comes to trades I stay out of that I do not want to be a part of that I don't want to be have uh, a role in other people's futures I'm not a guy who's ever going to come in and say trade this guy or get me that guy. Uh, I'm going to always roll with the people in this locker room. And he doesn't feel like it's his place to jeopardize guys' futures. I mean, you're talking about, you know, having to uproot a family or uh, uproot your life and, and move somewhere just because the star player says, no, I want, I want an upgrade there. He, he doesn't play that game. Now in free agency, he says, yes, Neil has come to me and asked me my opinion on players and ask me where I think uh, we can improve. I have entertained and, and talked to him about that stuff. But when it comes to trades, I stay out of it. So I, I know people were in the stands and they saw Neil and, and Dane chatting last night, but it had nothing to do with trades, uh, according to Dane. Well, uh, I guess perfect time for a little update on uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who yeah. actually practiced this week. Huge news in Portland. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously Nurk, Nurk has been out 10 months since he broke his left leg and he's really, they've really kept everything private about his rehab and where he is. And they've been really careful not to give a timeline, but, but uh, 
<laughs> on Wednesday, they had a practice finally. Uh, the schedule kind of opened up enough where they had a practice. And I don't think they were going to tell us that he practiced because we got led into the gym and Nurkic was already off the court. And we had no idea until at the end of his media availability, Lillard just kind of, I, I asked him a question uh, and he popped it in there that, well, yeah, Nurkic practiced today full speed. So I, I was asking him about, you know, Ariza uh, coming. Does that kind of instill some hope uh, that things can change? And he said, yeah. And plus, Yusuf practiced full speed today, full contact. And he just kind of dropped that on us. So that it was a little bit of a surprise in that regard. But then Terry Stott said, we've always kind of targeted this time late January to bring him back and start ramping up his stuff because the Blazers had two days off uh, and then a game and then two days off a game and then two days off. So it, it, it sets up where they can have practice. He can kind of recover. And uh, it's not this grind that the NBA schedule usually kind of presents. So this was always kind of the time that they envisioned Yusuf coming back. But then I've also been told that there is still no definitive window for when they expect him to come back to action and, and play in games. Uh, and the reason for that is because they have no idea how his body's going to react. And it's not so much the left leg, which now has a metal rod in it. it it's more this, the full body. You know, when you, when you go back to basketball activity, it, it wears on your body and it could be, you know, oh God, my back hurts or my hamstring or right. uh, my knee. So there's that. And then also mentally, he's got to get over that. Everything that goes with playing, the timing, uh, the feeling that he's going to be back and not be, you know, embarrassed or, you know, look so bad out there. He's got to go through all these stages uh, before he's going to be mentally, you know, not only can my body withstand it, but I'm going to perform at a level that meets my standards. So there's there's quite a few uh, roadblocks he's got to clear. So the only thing that I've been told definitively is he will not be back on the court in a game for at least another week. Outside of that, he might return before the All-Star break. Or he might elect to say, you know, I want all this practice time and the All-Star break and then come back after the All-Star break. But all of that is still up in the air because... He's only had one full practice and they don't know how his body is going to react to practice number two, practice number four, practice number five. So uh, still a lot of questions out there, but I think the overall writing thing to take from this is it's a big plus. He's moving along. He's progressing, if not ahead of schedule, right on schedule. And uh, did, did you get a sense like uh, from, from his teammates? Like, again, this has been a rough year for them. Rodney Hood tearing his Achilles, obviously, like just dealing with with injuries in general. Zach Collins being out, like, yeah, this seemed like it was like a little bit of a morale boost, without a doubt. I mean, that Wednesday practice, you know, you had Yusuf coming back doing full full speed stuff, full contact. Zach Collins was on the court going through drills. Uh, they weren't really basketball type drills, but he was moving around doing more than he has been uh, in the past. And then CJ McCollum, who has missed the last three games with the sprained ankle, he was going full speed through a shooting drill where he was cutting and running. 
Uh, I matter of fact, I thought he was going to play the next day against Dallas, but uh, they held him out. So I fully expect CJ to be back Sunday against the Pacers. To answer your question, they had those three guys on the court doing stuff, and then Ariza and Swanigan and Gabriel there, and it really felt like an infusion of of hope. And and that's kind of what Lillard was alluding to. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, it gives you some hope that." we can turn this thing around because they have turned situations like this around a couple of times in the past, but then they go out and play Thursday and give up 46 in the, in the first quarter. And uh, it just kind of really kind of emphasizes again, what this team's problem is, which is defense. And I think that's where the big hope is with, with Nurkic and Collins that they're two of their best defensive or they are their two best defensive players. And so getting them back would be, it would immediately address kind of those concerns. But also, I think we also need to kind of backpedal a little bit and realize, you know, it's going to take some time for these guys to to really be at an impact level. I think Nurkic at first will probably start out around 12 to 15 minutes a game and they'll try to slowly work him up you know, where he's playing big minutes. And same thing with Collins. Uh, you know, he's only played three games this year before he, he tore his shoulders. So uh, that's going to be kind of a, a slow progression and getting him back into the swing of things. So, yeah, they'll be back, but they're not going to be playing 30 minutes right off the bat. So, you know, but still, I, I think it, it gives people hope that, that things will start to get a little bit better. Well, uh, it should be an exciting couple of weeks leading up to the trade deadline. I mean, again, there there's so many directions this team could go. Any predictions? I, I think the big question on everyone's mind is, are, are they going to move Hassan Whiteside? And I can't give you a good feel right now. Uh, I would say it's 50-50 whether or not he gets moved. There's still... Uh, a big need for him because as we just kind of outlined, yeah, Yusuf is nearing a return, but even when he comes back, he's not going to be ready to play huge minutes. So there's a need for Hassan to, to still be that starting center. And, and Hassan's been solid. You know, he hasn't been perfect. He hasn't been, uh, I, I think his stats are better than the impact that he gives his team. But still, that being said, uh, he has filled an important role for this team. So I think what they're looking for, there's not an edict from ownership for Olshay to get under the tax. I think it would be obviously something that they would, uh, wouldn't mind making a deal where they save some money and they're under the tax because looking ahead, uh, CJ and, and Lillard's extensions kick in not not next year but the year after that and so they don't want to be a repeater in the tax right because in uh so so there is kind of a desire to you know not have this year be in the tax but it's not driving them ownership signed off on this when they made the the white side trade in july they knew that they would have the nba's most expensive roster and incidentally they they are no longer the highest paid roster after the the Kings deal, but still Jody Allen knew what she was getting into this year. And, and so she's okay with it. 
but so I don't think there's any edict to, Hey, let's get under the tax. We're not going to make the playoffs or, or anything, any of that kind of thing. So, but what they're, if they are trying to get in the tax or presented with a deal that gets them under the tax, it has to be somebody that fits their future plan. They're not going to be making a deal just to save money. Right. They have to get somebody who fits with their team moving forward, not just a rent uh, for the rest of the year. So uh, I think that's a pretty small window because you're talking about a $27 million guy and it's really difficult to kind of construct a deal when you're talking about that kind of money. And, and the guys that the Blazers would want, the type of guys, you know, Otto Porter, he's hurt. Blake Griffin, he's out. LaMarcus Aldridge, kind of entering the twilight of his career. Uh, Kevin Love, terrible contract. Thaddeus Young, not a real uh, kind of attractive contract. So a, a lot of those guys that theoretically would fit just aren't a great fit right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough, and it takes two to tango. By the way, exactly. Um, yeah, it's not like uh, it's not a video game where you just can uh, force yep. the other team to take Hassan Whiteside. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch, and uh, you know we'll we'll be back next week. And if there's a trade, we we will be ready to break it down. That's it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Blessing, good night.